Hi, friends, and welcome to the StoryForge podcast, Outbreak Edition. I'm Lyle Smith, your host, and today is our ninth episode. We have collected what I think is a pretty interesting collection of stories from people about their work lives and uh, what they do and how they're dealing with the world around us during a global pandemic uh, like none of us have ever seen in our modern times. Um, I think we've collected quite a few interesting stories. Uh, I, I hope you have enjoyed listening to them as much as I have enjoyed hearing them. And uh, I'm, I'm working with a new microphone today, so uh, I'm hoping that works for you as well. So we're living in a world of disagreement and contradictions. We're living and working under the cloud of a worldwide pandemic and a virus we don't know everything about yet. We're living in a world where so many of us are cheering frontline health workers every evening and relearning to be quiet and still and attentive to those we love around us. And we're living at a time when others are virtually storming the state houses because they think their rights are being infringed upon. There are people who are anxious and scared of the crisis surrounding the virus. There are people who are anxious and scared about reopening the economy fully. There are people who are anxious to get the economy open for business again as soon as possible and don't really care to hear the people who disagree with them on the safe time. Today, I have a conversation with an old friend and colleague, Derek Jackson. We're both veterans of the New York City digital agency world. He still lives there with his husband, Mark, in Jackson Heights, Queens, where their windows overlook Elmhurst Hospital that's been in the news so much recently. If you don't know Jackson Heights, it's uh, usually a raucously bustling neighborhood in New York City that since the outbreak of COVID-19 has become a very quiet place indeed, except for the 7 p.m. cheer when the hospital staff changes shift. Except, of course, for the sirens. New York has been the epicenter of the outbreak in America. Queens has been the epicenter of the outbreak within the city. Jackson Heights and Elmhurst Hospital specifically have been the epicenter of the outbreak within the borough of Queens. The city, for this time, has been significantly transformed. I wanted to check in with Derek to get a glimpse into what the world feels like in the city that never sleeps these days, and what my own industry feels like up there with all this going on. And here it is. So you're at home in New York City, uh, in Queens, New York, uh, overlooking Elmhurst Hospital. Uh, Every window in my home. (laughs) Very good. And... um, so I saw you posted uh, earlier today, uh, the seven o'clock, uh, are they calling it something? The cheer for the, mm-hmm. the change of shifts over at the hospital. What is that like? I mean, we see it on TV all the time, and, and, uh, but not being really nearby it here, I, I don't have a concept of what that kind of feels like. Well, you know, it's funny to mention that. It's, it's different in different parts of the city. I have friends, um, I did a um, house party video chat with a couple of friends of mine um, who live in Chelsea and Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy and loud. They say every single night in my neighborhood, which is funny because I'm so close to Elmhurst Hospital, right. but it's also Jackson Heights. And so people are just a little sort of out of it anyway, you know, like there are a lot of essential workers here who are running to work, you know, right. so they come home and they're just like kind of like exhausted and wanting right. to go to bed, I think, you right. know. So for a while it was pretty quiet. And so at least 
what you saw was actually it was it was yesterday and it okay. was um yeah and it was about a block and a half away I, w I decided to go for a walk yeah and you know i thought oh well i won't do my cheer tonight you know whatever but um i went a couple of blocks it was like a block and a half away and you saw how it was absolutely insane and so it you saw crazy. the people yeah. with her, you know phones out video it was crazy and i loved it you know um in where i live on 73rd street um it it was quiet for the most part and i just said wait a second let's just start doing this so i started doing it and screaming out there and i and then um after that happened maybe the next day you know another cheer then you know the next day after that more and more yeah. and more. So there's one person who i do not know i think it may be actually a couple that moved down the hall okay um, where there's someone who does like a bullhorn like every day at seven o'clock you know so it's it's become you know more people are doing it now and sort of banging their you know pots and everything and clapping and um i see it's really it's twofold it's sort of you know obviously cheering on the healthcare workers and doing all of that but also you know they're a lot of people who are by themselves and right, you know right. I was texting a friend earlier today he's like i'm going crazy in here I'm a, I'm a social person and i live in a studio apartment and i'm starting to talk to myself all the time you know but it's that one moment in the day where they know people are going to be running to the window and you know right. waving at one another and you know just sort of like that thumbs up as far as we're okay we're going to be okay you can do it you know one more day one more day right i mean and it's interesting because we're you know where we are here in florida it's more um uh, spacious there's more it's not it's not city living so mm -hmm. um you know we uh, clearly we have people who are home alone and uh but i don't and it's not as intense uh, mm -hmm. an outbreak here either so um you know we'll see they're saying in the next couple of weeks it'll it'll kind of you know crest so mm -hmm. we'll see how that works out but um you know in new york it's been the, the hospitals have been full mm -hmm. for a while now and um so i think that feel good moment must be uh important at least to some people very because at a moment for a moment, it was very, very depressing. And it happened so quickly. It happened so quickly. And I'm actually amazed at how New York did what they did so fast. And because, you know, New Yorkers want to do what they want to do. You know, we, we don't listen, you know, we, you know, whatever, you know. <laughs> but everyone really, and in my neighborhood of Jackson Heights especially, I, you know, I think a lot of people are just like, oh, whatever, you know. Um, you see people with face masks, every you know, and it's it happened really, really fast. Walking down the street, social distance, you know, right. oh, you go ahead, you go ahead, you know. In my building, you know, they sent around notices, and you know, you see someone in the hallway, go back into your apartment. If you see someone in the elevator, you wait for the next elevator, you know. And people are doing it, right? But um, at the onset of it, and this is before I found out that Jackson Heights Corona Elmhurst was the epicenter, what they're calling it, the epicenter of the epicenter. Right. Um, I did notice it was just mind blowing where um, I remember, I think it was, I don't have a calendar in front of me, but I believe it was Wednesday, March 12th was the day that um, at my job, they, we had just moved into a new office. Okay. We were in a crappy office. So I started there a year and a half or almost two years ago. And when I interviewed, I, my first question was, when are we moving offices? <laughs> you know, because a lot of you know me, I like to have, you know, yeah. aesthetic, you know, and I'm like, I don't like working in a warehouse type environment. And yeah, that's, this know, is not the place, right? No. 
<laughs> we had just moved into our brand new offices that Monday, and this is Wednesday, where word was going around, and I heard from other groups where, um, you know, oh, we've been told we, we were supposed to stay out until April 6th, we're not coming back, we're not doing this, we're not doing this, and then people started coming to me in the group, and I'm not the head of the group, so, but people, you know, they come to me because, you know, I'm, I'm vocal, so... <laughs> <laughs> you just seem like the head of the group. Yeah, exactly. So they're, Derek, Derek, what are we doing? What are, I don't know. You know. So I went to my boss and I said, so Craig, you know, what are we doing? I hear people are not coming into the office until April 6th. What's happening? And that, that was the initial one. And he's like, well, and he has a way of going on and on, you know, talking about other things. I said, so what? Okay. So let me cut you off here. So I'm not coming into the office tomorrow, <laughs> just to let you know. And I'm going to tell everyone else to stay at home as well, you know. So I did. I said, you guys, blame me. I, I said it, stay at home, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, so, of course, later on, we started getting all the announcements. Okay, stay at home until April 6th. And then, you know, in the May and, you know, May 15th now, and I think now they're saying until June. Yeah. But um, I wasn't planning on, you know, with Mark being a pharmacologist and knowing his science of it all, he told me, he says, we're not we're not going to even think about going anywhere until June, you know? Right. So I was right. prepared for it, but, um, but just going well, that's, back. That's good to hear. Actually. I mean, it's, it's, it's informative to hear anyway, cause I know Mark, you, you live there in, uh, on an upper floor um, in Queens with your husband, Mark, who is, mm -hmm. uh, has a background in pharmacology. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, it's, um, I told you I, I interviewed a historian a couple of days ago, and and we've I, I I'm kicking myself because I turned the recording off. We chatted a little bit after, and she said after I turned the recording off, the thing that kind of worries her is, is it's that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, from everything we talked about with the history of the 1918 flu, it, it it seems like we're headed in that same direction just because people want to force things open. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, I hope I hope we're all wrong. But I, uh, um, it seems pretty informed. <laughs> the information yeah, we're getting. Science, the science doesn't lie. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I went off another tangent that was your, we were talking about sort of like what what happened when it first, you know, when it first started. Mm -hmm. And um, just the the only word I could use is eerie to describe my neighborhood. You know, anyone who knows Jackson Heights, Queens, it's like the center of Queens, and I live near the arcade, and the arcade mm -hmm. is you know, sort of the, the Times Square, uh, as far as subways go, the Times Square of Queens, where, right. you know, we have five different trains, express, local, that all meet here, you know, right. and food, any kind of food you want, any kind of everything you want. And it was like, I think I stayed home maybe for two or three days where we just, you know, total lockdown. And finally, I said, okay, I'm going a little stir crazy. I need to go outside for at least a walk, you know, so, mm -hmm. um, this is before they started requiring face masks and mm -hmm. everything, but you know, we just didn't cover up, you know, just to be safe. And yeah, yeah. I, I've always been a little bit of a germaphobe, so I always Lysol the bottoms of my shoes when I walk in the house and oh, then take funny. them off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, we can't, we can't even find Lysol here. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, just walking around the neighborhood, it was crazy where I was going down Roosevelt Avenue. Busy. It was a Friday night. Busy, busy, busy. Every, every weekend, you know, it's busy right. 24 hours a day, any day here. Yeah but it was dead. There were a few people walking around. And I remember um, later on, another time I walked where the majority of people you saw were basically police officers with, or some kind of service, you know, um, city service 
where they had their, they were taking notes and making sure the different places had closed down. Wow. You know, I mean, they were first giving those, like, you know, um, people were kind of rebelling and saying, oh, we're going to stay open. They were getting tickets and everything. And so I saw that and I just thought, I came back home and I said, this is, this is serious. Like something is happening here, you know? Yeah. Um, later to find out, you know, it was a good thing. It's a good thing that we acted so fast, yeah. you know, right? you know, to um, not as fast as we should have if, if the orange man in office had listened back in December, but, you know, yeah. we're doing what we can do, you know? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's funny because we really haven't experienced anything like this. I mean, the only thing that's close in the modern era is the 1918 pandemic. And, you know, that's 100 years ago. And, you know, my son Aiden is 10 years old. He's in school or he's out of school. He's, he's, he's schooling from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he asks questions. He says, what about this? What about that? And, and I have to find a way to explain to him that um, I don't know, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I know what they tell me and I know what I've, what I've kind of studied and learned and asked people about. But, you know, we've never been through anything like this. And it's a novel virus. So we really don't know. We don't know what it's going to do next. We don't know. You know, they say, oh, you may have already had the antibodies, but they're already talking about things now where the younger people who get it are having, you know, like the other people who are dying from it are having strokes, you know, and so and blood after effect, you know. Yeah. And it's it's really it's great. It's a little it's a little nutty, a little scary. And um, so, you know, and you hear a lot of people now because we've entered that time now where people are starting to push back and they're getting tired of being home. And some of them are the, you know, sort of conspiracy thinkers and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. So they're, you know, they're like, Oh, it's, it's, it's not, it's not as bad as they said it was and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, it's, it, they say that about hurricanes down here. They said that about snowstorms when we lived up by you, mm-hmm. um, you know, the press goes crazy and then nothing happens. And it's like, well, they're, we're, they're trying to make sure you're prepared. Mm-hmm. And in this case, they're trying to do the social distancing thing. And if you do it well, it seems like you're overprepared. Yeah, because be overprepared. Yes, yeah. please be overprepared. Imagine being underprepared. <laughs> we, no. were, we were underprepared to begin with, you right. know. I mean, right. They were, it, it was insane. I would go out, and again, this was before I found out that we were the epicenter of the epicenter. And for my for my knowledge, I'm thinking, oh, is this the entire city? I found out, no, we were actually having it the hardest. Right. Where I went for one walk, and Lyle, I, we, there's always noise and everything, and for a New Yorker to actually pay attention to the sirens, think right. about that, you know? Right, <laughs> right. I know, yeah. It's where it happens so frequently. I, w- I went for a walk, and I think I walked maybe five blocks, just right. up and around and everything, and I saw three different ambulances picking up people, right. you know, that on that one 20-minute walk, you know? Right, right. And that was going on everywhere, you know, and right. especially here. And so, yeah, be overprepared. I mean, they had, they were putting bodies in trucks because they were over. I saw that coverage. Yeah. And the only thing I had to compare that to in my head was uh, Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. They did that in, in New Orleans that where they, they ran out of morgue mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's, that's, my, that's hard, my, it's horrifying. Yeah. And that's where my dad's family is from. So I, you know, have yeah. family members from there. Like there were refugees who were at my family's home in California, but, you know, who had to leave. New Orleans for a while, you know, and it's crazy. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's, you know, yes, it's a natural disaster, but no, it's a healthcare crisis. It's a mm-hmm. health crisis. Cause it's, uh, um, it's, 
it, it doesn't end until the virus decides to lay down or yeah. mutate or we get a vac vaccine. Vaccine, which you're saying not until, you know, maybe next summer. <laughs> right, right. So there's, there's going to be no handshaking for quite some time. Uh, we, we, a lot is, of Zoom calls. <laughs> we're going to have definitely a new normal after all of this. I, it, I, think I, don't, if, I don't really see it being the same. Like, who knows? We may just start doing, you know, little head bows, you know, elbow bumps or something, you know. I, I don't know when I'll be comfortable to hug someone, you know. <laughs> right, right. Right. It's, it's really, it's really a weird, uh, sort of an intensely weird situation. So obviously work, you and Mark are both uh, working from home. You're mm -hmm. able to. And how's, how's business? Does business seem to you? Well, we, I guess, I guess I can explain a little bit about our two different careers. You know, he, um, he is a pharmacologist by training scientist. Mm -hmm. He um, has worked in the foundation world since his postdoc many, many years ago. Um, currently, he's working at the Melanoma Research Foundation, Research yeah. Alliance, excuse me, um, out of D.C. Uh -huh. And um, he, so we, you know, we're both, you know, we go between here and D.C. And he, when all of this happened, pre-lockdown, he actually was going to be in New York for a whole week. Wow. He had a bunch of meetings planned, and then he was, you know, going to go on some trips, which, of course, were all canceled. But um, with that said, he, you know, he's still able to do a lot of the work, you know, and mm -hmm. it's still going on, and everyone can work remotely. Mm -hmm. um, luckily, in, in my career, you know, in the digital world, for the past, what, two or one and a half, I guess, decades or so, I've been able to, and it's gotten more to the point where, you know, I'm working for Captain Ryan Band, working sort of a digital consultancy firm, we mm -hmm. um, were able to work digitally. You know, I, right. before my last team, I work on a different account now, which we were talking about before, but um, my last one, I had people I never saw before. They were in, out working from their homes in Houston and Dallas and right. Minnesota, you know, and so we're able to do it. It's easy. You know, I right. have my office set up. I have my other monitor. It doesn't yeah. matter where I am. Um, if you are one of the socially needy, I guess, you know, <laughs> it could be a little hard for me. I'm not that person. I'm okay being on my own. And right. I realizing I actually really, really prefer um, working remotely. The company gets a lot more out of me. You know, they, they get me, you know, all the time, my computer's there and I flip it on. I'm watching television at night and yep. check emails and everything. So they're getting a lot more out of me um, right. it's been for them. They're not paying, you know, electricity for me or anything. Right. Um, but um, because my client, that I'm working on right now as a banking client, business is good for me. Yeah. It's actually insanely busy and <laughs> as crazy as my day goes, I, I'm, I have to tell myself, you are working, you know, as a right. person who in this industry is, you know, digital marketing, you're not unfamiliar with layoffs. You know, the, the past three jobs I've had before, I was laid off in the past three in a row. Right, right, right. Well, that's that's how they control. Uh, I'm talking to a guy tomorrow uh, who works for a, a SaaS. He's a CMO for a SaaS company, or was uh, until this happened, and then they had to do layoffs. And it turns out he's he's in charge of doing the layoffs, following the plan that he put in place, and he's also getting laid off. Oh, oh, yeah. So yeah, that's a fun story. That's what happened, that's what happened in my last job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but that's, you know, in, that's the, in that kind of a business, that's how they control expenses. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just sort of a, an unhappy 
uh, factor of, of being in that industry. Yeah. Um, and this is, I mean, this has been crazy cause it's, you know, 22 million people file unemployment in three weeks. It's like, it's, it's not like, it's not like a, um, a recession. It's like a, a door slamming. It's a depression times two. Yeah. yeah it's There's just, nope. Sorry. Slamo. Yeah. Go figure it out. And, I know so many people, so many people who are laid off, you know, and I, I'm, again, super fortunate where I'm super crazed with work right now, but it's also keeping me, you know, getting me through the days, you know, right. I'm remembering what day it is, you know, right. so of friends are like, is it Saturday or is it Thursday? So, um, but you get out from time to time for a little fresh air. We fortunately have a roof deck. Okay. So, and I'm on a top floor and I worked on the board who in my, I, I joined the board at one time just to <laughs> create the roof deck. Nice. <laughs> so I was able to do the furniture, do the layouts and, and figure out where the door was, the entryway. And of course it's right next to my apartment now. <laughs> oh, man, alive. So we're able to get up there and we do go for walks, so yeah. daily walks, you know, just a couple, you know, try and see the neighborhood, you know, see the, see the neighborhood, the clear the cobwebs out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's tricky. Um, and of course we, we sit and watch, um, you know, we, we've, we've taken to not watching all of the, uh, press conferences every day. Mm -hmm. Uh, but at some point, almost every day, uh, the, the coverage of, um, governor Cuomo's press conference comes onto our TV down here. Mm -hmm. Uh, just and and even in our, our little networks go sharing you know wow that's what it's supposed to look like like yeah. somebody who really you know and I, and I have not always been his biggest supporter but yeah. um in this case i think you know leadership is is uh kind of impressive coming from albany he is he i i in the same boat with you he is really impressing he is impressing in-laws of mine from Central Florida, who voted for the other guy, yeah, um, who are impressed by him, you know. Right. So I'm just sort of like, okay, you know, when people talk about Governor Cuomo, I'm just like, oh, wait, who, Vice President Cuomo? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just such a clear contrast in how to handle a crisis. But watching watching him and the way he does his press conferences and the way he does his his uh, just powerpoints, I guess, um, it's just it's like a masterclass in how to communicate. It really is. He, and, he's got a great team. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, I mean, I got to think in a situation in New, in New York city and New York state where it's really kind of the hub of what's been going on here in America, it's got to feel good to have, you feel like you have somebody at the wheel. Yeah. I, I, my heart goes out to Georgia. <laughs> my heart right? goes out. To South Dakota, I just don't know what these people are thinking. It's funny seeing all of these people. Um, I think I saw a funny meme that said, like, oh, look, all of these people who have basically spent their entire lives fearing for the apocalypse and talking about how they're going to be able to hide away for years. And, you right. know, they're screaming now about how they want a haircut. You know? Right, right, right. I mean, it's it's sort of an ironic, uh, morbid twist of, yeah. of fate for a lot of people. But uh, at any rate, um, so you're you're looking. You said you're looking at maybe June. Is what they're talking I, about? I know or? that I. I think that, that I have. 
um, I'm just going to sound like a bad employee, but we have this daily call <laughs> where it's just a little boring. It's sort of a check-in and doing this and that. I'm like, my whole thing is I have to work. You know, you want yeah. me to be billable, I'm going to be billable. So I drop off of the calls a lot. Sure. But um, I think they were saying something about, oh, um, they, I know they officially extended it to May 15th. Okay. No, but then um, I think the boss was saying like, oh, June, because a lot of the schools yeah. are not going to open up again. And I'm not even thinking about it. I don't know no. if I'll go until fall. We'll see. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But, right. Well, I know my, uh, I spoke uh, to my friend, uh, Melissa, who's, who's uh, closed down from a Broadway show right now. And she's mm. they said their, their, their plan anyway is June 7th. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, we'll see. I mean, yeah. those, those, those theater seats are pretty close together. Yes, they really are. <laughs> and, um, I won't give the name of the other friend who works in the box office for a show. She, she's worked in a lot of different Broadway shows. And, um, the one she was working on every single person on the crew came down with COVID-19. Oh my God. Every single person. And it's just like, what? You know? Oh my God. Yeah. 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 And what was funny because I spoke to Melissa uh, literally on day 15. So she mm. had been home for 15 days. And that was, she was like, that was my first day. I'm clear from the show anyway. And I said, so now you can go out and start counting again. But, uh, and, you know, but it's different being around, being in the city, being around all those people, uh, tight spaces and all that. So, um, you know, we were grateful for that. But well, the fear started, they have now, they're, they're talking about it coming back, you know, having it come back in the fall, you know, so going down, going down, and then coming back and just sort of like, oh, man, come on. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's it, I, talk, I talked history two days ago, and, and the 1918 flu had apparently three waves over about six mm-hmm. months, and the second wave was substantially deadlier than either of the other two. So that's an indicator of what's possible. And, and she said, yeah, I mean, sure, that's possible. But again, it's a novel virus. We don't really know. We're not sure. And it's all about, you know, once it achieves its 60-ish percent of the population herd immunity, it tends to mutate to something else. So, you know, once it does that, it could just disappear like the 1918 flu did. Let's hope. Um, Let's so, hope. you know, but 60% is a lot of people. A lot of people. Well, they've started doing, you know, antibody testing mm-hmm. here and the results are coming through and they're, I think 13% or something they found out the people who actually had it. Once they get the real, the testing in, in place uh, the way it should be, it'll be interesting to see the estimate of how many people actually had it, the percentage. Because the CDC originally said they expected something between 40 to 70% of the adult population of the world to have it, which is not to be ignored, you know? Yeah, and in these tight, I mean, especially, you know, you know, if you're out in your car, you're driving different places in, in certain parts of America, yeah, you know, you may not have as much contact, but here, in a day, how many people do I walk past, you know? Right. And, I, again, I'm a germaphobe, so I, you know, Mark would always laugh at me. He, he will not laugh at me ever again. Right. But when we go into subway, I always put, if I'm touching a pole, I rarely touch a pole, but if I do, I would always put a piece of paper or my, um, you know, <laughs> cover up my hand, everything. I was always like, I don't want to, like, it's nasty, nasty, you know? That's it. So, but um, I, I try to, but yeah, you know, you're breathing other people's air when you're that you, close. You do, what, you do the best you can, right? That's kind of it. I was just kind of looking for a, a a glimpse into what's going on up in New York. 
So it's I, scary. It's scary. <laughs> oh, so People I. Are I dying. It's like ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. And uh, stay safe up there. Uh, as, as they said, I keep trying. Keep trying to get a hashtag to go, as they used to say on Hill Street Blues. Be careful out there. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so thanks much. Stay safe. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Great seeing you and talking to you. Absolutely. So that's a little glimpse from inside the big city, and I think. You know, we hear so much about the first responders and the frontline workers and people who have uh, come down with the virus and have struggled with the virus itself. I think it's important to get a glimpse into what some of these places are like, where things are really hot and, and, uh, and what people are doing just to try and live a normal life as best they can in all these um, struggles. So uh, I enjoyed the conversation with him. Uh, I hope you did too. We'll have more episodes soon. Thanks for listening. Be careful out there. If you find yourself enjoying the StoryForge podcast, please give us a review at Apple Podcasts or we're on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps others find the show and hopefully enjoy it as much as you do. All recording, editing, and executive producing tasks are handled by yours truly, Lyle Smith of NimbleSmith, the content marketing agency. This podcast would not be possible without the sincerely excellent help of our friend and associate producer, Anthony Sergi, who produces numerous podcasts, including the truly excellent A Guest in the House about all things hip-hop. The music on the podcast was provided by Jody Nardone and the Jody Nardone Trio, Lights Will Guide You Home album. And if you'd like to send us questions or feedback or suggestions for other subjects or guests, you can reach us through the StoryForge website. That's thestoryforge.com, all words separated by hyphens. Or you can email us at cheers at nimblesmith.com, spelled N-Y-M-B-L-E-S-M-I-T-H. Thanks very much. 